was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh-huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh-huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh-huh. You want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh-huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh-huh. They come my intuition. Uh-huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him while his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh-huh. Here comes respect. Cruise your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man, I big man, they never try. So we roll with them, uh, stole with them. I mean, loyalty. Niggas bought me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch. 
I was young, I had two pair of leaves. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. While niggas flirt, I'm throwing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh -huh. You want to see the inside, huh? I'll see you later. They come the drama. Oh, that's that nigga with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow, why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh -huh. Become my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this nigga pocket. Rob him all his friends watch it. That hoes clock it. Uh -huh. Here comes respect. How we feeling tonight, bro? How are we feeling tonight, man? Let's see, man. Let's see. What's uh yeah, what's going on, guys? What is going on? Um man. So update for those of you who watch Raw or maybe you didn't, um, because uh you're absolutely scared of the trauma that happened last week, and you're coming here to find out what happened. Um there seems to be a raw curse going around, man. So, tonight was a lot better. Tonight, you can you could just tell the differences from a Triple H and a Vince McMahon show. Um, um, but, but, uh, tonight, uh, a bunch of talent, a shitload of talent, according to SAP, it was... Uh, damn near 50% of the roster, or it might have been Andrew Zarian, I'm not sure, but apparently 50% of the roster wasn't able to make the show because of travel okay. issues. So tonight we did get an extremely limited show in terms of things that uh, were able to happen, but um, yeah, man, the raw curse. Uh, but however, uh, it wasn't so much of a curse. You could definitely tell... What trip you could definitely tell uh trips um had to he he definitely worked with what he had and he it made for a decent show it made for a decent show i definitely obviously think it was obviously lacking a lot of star power um but i mean usually raw usually raw doesn't have the most star power anyway i mean you gotta call you really gotta at least to me man you got a couple guys on there that that i can really consider a star uh becky lynch was able to make the show but seth rollins was not there i did not know they travel separately or maybe 
they just had conflicting schedules this week. I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest weren't there. Uh, um, the bloodline was there. Uh, everybody except for the obvious, uh, was there. That ain't even travel issues at that fucking guy. Uh, Yeah, that, that wasn't a travel issue at all. That shit was planned. Um, apparently Vince wasn't there, which you could definitely tell. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like I said, man, I mean, raw obviously lacks star power. There's maybe three to five guys you could say are a star on that show, or at least that WWE present as a star on that show. You know, Cody, Seth, uh, personally, I would say Bobby Lashley. Um, (laughs) when he's not injured, but he's been injured. Right. Um, I mean, Finn Balor, maybe they, you know, maybe, uh, in a Triple H era, yes. In a Vince McMahon era, probably not. No, not at all. Um, no. But you guys get what I'm saying, man. So, yeah, it was de- it definitely it definitely lacked a little bit of star power. But but like I said, man, I mean they they really made the most out of what they got, man. We had um we had a uh, we'll get in, we'll get into it, man. Um um yeah, Kevin Owens was there as well. Um, you know, I already said the bloodline and then Finn. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they had, they had a, they had a decent amount of people. Austin theory wasn't there. Um, Austin theory wasn't there. So for, you know, I mean, they, it really goes to show the depth of the WWE roster. To be honest, man, they were missing a lot of people. They're missing a lot of people, but they still managed to put on a really good show and present a lot of people that are very good. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, they turned a, uh, as Triple H, um, does a lot, he turns negatives into, uh, positives, so he definitely did that tonight, uh, and it was definitely way fucking better, leagues, leagues, leagues better than that shit last week, yeah, Bel Air wasn't there, Asuka still missing, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if Asuka, I'm telling you, man, I think that tweet, I think there was a little bit of something behind that tweet, bro. I think there was, bro. I personally think there was. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Sammy was there, but they built the show around him not being there. Either. Yeah, they, oh. they were, because, you know, they said people were missing due to travel issues, and then him and Matt Riddle showed up at the end, so, you know, obviously they didn't. You know, they said that they said they they said they ran in fresh off a, a ride from the airport. But, you know, okay, I yeah. get what you mean by that. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, Triple H played to the travel issues aspect and kind of wrote it into the end of the show. So you like to see little things like that just to kind of get creative with it, you know, while you're kind of down. I don't know why there was travel issues. I know Seattle rains a lot and it is April. You know what they say, April showers bring May flowers. So, um, okay. I, over there. So that was, that was my only guess, you know, Seattle rains a fuck ton. So, you know, um, but anyway, so yeah, raw was leagues, leagues, leagues better than, than, um, yeah. fucking looking at Seattle rain today, rain Tuesday. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Holy fuck. Definitely, man. So, but AEW is also good for the week as well, man. Uh, we tweeted it out. Uh, the AEW after WrestleMania was leagues upon leagues better than the Raw after Mania, and 
it's there's nothing really too worthy to talk about, but SmackDown was very good as well. We will touch on the the you know overwhelming thing, uh, yeah. the news that happened. I mean, we talked about it a little on Friday, but we'll definitely talk about it a little bit. But uh, other than SmackDown, uh, other than that too, man, SmackDown, SmackDown was way fucking better, man. It was, it was uh, at least up until this point, up until this point, um, you know, Vince McMahon really only had a just. A really, really heavy load in the Raw after Mania. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, which sucks because that is literally the most important Monday Night Raw of the year, and he ruined it. Um, but I hope Triple H has full control over the draft, and I hope those are. I hope those are are great. Um, I hope those are great uh, episodes. In themselves, because uh, I love doing the draft unscripted. I like talking about the draft. That's that's always a f- one of the, one of my favorite unscripted episodes, and we haven't been able to do it in a fucking year and a half. So for the year and a half of these same ass rosters. But anyway, uh, but yes, Dynamite was very good, man. Dynamite is very good as well. We'll obviously go not talk too much about it because we'll start with that. But um, yeah, man. Definitely, definitely, man. <sighs> Yeah, bro. So with that, man, what the hell is going on, guys? We are back with yet again another edition of the Notorious Hills Podcast, another edition of Notorious Unscripted. And with that, man, this is episode 138 of Unscripted. And if you guys, if you guys did miss, if you guys, uh, if this is your first time watching and you guys do not know how the show works, man, every Monday we are on here after Monday Night Raw with Notorious Unscripted. And every Friday we are on here at 4 p.m. Central with the news man so if you guys did miss this past friday's edition of the news not only that man we had uh you know the news and we had our three-year our notorious heels podcast three-year anniversary show um you guys can now find that live on all platforms man anchor spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts. if you want to see it first join us right here every friday night uh, Friday evening, rather, uh, at 4 p.m. Central for the news, man. So with that, if this is your first time watching, you guys have not got a chance to get your hands on some of the official Notorious Sales Podcast merchandise. You guys can now find this live on the merch shop. That is bonfire.com. Link is at the top of the description of this very video. And it is in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. You have all eight of these beautiful designs, man, available on the merch shop. And more than just a t-shirt, man, you got the Chicago flag design, the Chicago skyline design, the base logo design, the best kept secret to the IWC, the notorious scratch logo, the only community that matters, the uncrowned kings of the IWC, and the Christmas merch, man. You guys can now find all eight of these beautiful designs live on the merch shop. Again, bonfire.com. Link at the top of the description of this very video, and it is in either mine or Sir K's social media pages, man. So, with that, man, if this is your first time watching, you guys do not know who we are here at the Notorious Sales Podcast. I am Johnny Mayhem, one half of the host of this very show, and as for the other half, we got my man Sir K here. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. Going good. Just been uh, just been chilling out, man, and pretty normal. Pretty normal lately, just... Waiting for weekends, I guess. The usual, man. It's been the usual. The usual. Um, doesn't feel like it's been a week since WrestleMania. Raw after Mania at that. Um, time's going by, man. Time's going by, but I'm good, man. Like Jorante's always asked, man. 
Life's good. The family's good. How's everyone, dude? How's everybody doing, chat? What about you, bro? How you doing? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, bro. I'm good. I'm good. As Durante is usually here to ask, man. I'm good. Family's good. And what about you, Durante, man? Logan, Pops, and everybody. Uh, Bell, JT, you guys know the deal, man. Um, everybody watching on the replay or some of you guys that'll get here later, man. How the hell are you guys? Um, and I'm doing good, bro. I'm doing good. Nothing, nothing new, man. Nothing new. Just, just chill it, bro. That's it. That's it, man. So, yeah, man, I guess we can go ahead and hop right in to AEW Dynamite, man. The Dynamite After Mania. Um, the, sh the show opens up. The show opens up with um, this episode is from, uh, they were on Long Island tonight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is going to be uh, very... Very MJF heavy crowd. The show opens up. The show opens up. And one minute and 17 seconds into the broadcast. You know, Ricky Sarks is doing his entrance. Rock hard. Juice Robinson. Is already in the ring. And Ricky. Uh, like I said, dude. Literally a minute and 16 seconds into the broadcast. You just hear the Bullet Club intro, and then you hear the Switchblade Jay White theme song. Um, They pan the camera out, so you couldn't even really see him, but he runs out to the ring, and him and Juice Robinson, the Bullet Club guys, start attacking uh, Ricky Starks. They start attacking Ricky Starks, man. Um, Ricky Stark starts kind of fighting back, man, but they obviously lay him out. I believe Jay White hit a Blade Runner on him, and, um, that was it, man. They, they beat the hell out of Ricky Starks. They, they hugged, they celebrated, they did the, um, you know, they, they didn't do it too sweet, but they, like, did, did this. So, you know, they did the, the guns, and, yeah. you know, they put the guns in the air, um, and that was the open to AEW Dynamite, man. Literally within the first three minutes of your broadcast, you found out that Jay White passed on the WWE and he went to All Elite Wrestling, bro. He signed with All Elite Wrestling, man. Uh, what did you think about the segment production-wise and how they executed debuting him? And, and what do you think about the signing overall? I really like what they tried to do in this. You know, everybody knew by that um, by that time on Wednesday that Monday blew and that Vince was running that shit. So, you know, Tony Khan wanted to start off with a bang. I get that. I understand why he started off with the Jay White, you know. Not a, not a debut, but official signing debut. And, um, to, you know, show it off. Hey, what's up, Durante, man? Yo, what up, um, Durante? <laughs> but, um, I get why he did that. It's just, you know, classic AEW. Just went too fast with it. And, you know, the production didn't really give time to breathe. You know, the camera work could have been a little better, man. But, um, I like what they did overall, man. I like 
I like the statement because that's what it was for. It was for a statement, man. I just wish they, production-wise, executed it a little better, man. But I get what, why he did it like that, and I overall, you know, understand it like that. I just think it could have been a little better, man. But as per the signing itself, that's, I mean, he's, he's Jay White, man. He's Jay White. I think he's going to have a good prominent spot on television for the most part, man. I don't think he's going to be as nearly as bad as a Keith Lee fall-off will be. Um, they already put him on all the promotional art for uh, All In and whatnot, so that's looking good, man. So I think he's going to have a pretty good overall, you know, rate of not being forgotten <laughs> as, you know, his friends are the ones leading the company, man. But it's just a matter of just general space, man. They just need to clean out that closet, man. They just gotta start, they gotta start getting rid of people. It's just how it is, man. It's harsh, but it's how it is. They just gotta get a list of a good, like, 20 of those fucking, 20, 30 of those random people on that company and just let them go, man. Just let them go, but I think he overall has a good spot in that company, and as per his value, that shit heat, man. I mean, it's Jay White. He has one of the best looks, one of the best, you know, or not auras, but it's just vibe. Like presentations. Presentation, yeah. If you can have a good presentation in New Japan, you're going to have a great presentation <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> so, Jay White, he's one of the coolest ones I got, man, and one of the coolest ones New Japan had. And now he's in AEW, man, and that's awesome, man. That's awesome. But what about you, man? What do you think about it? Uh, definitely. Um, for starters, for starters, I think the signing was amazing. I think the signing mm -hmm. was uh, very good for the company. I think the signing was a great... I think the signing gave a great outlook that top free agents still want to sign here. Um, exactly. And especially it looks even better... Because, you know, according to the news on Friday that we went over, uh, Jay White made his mind up before WrestleMania. Um, so, you know, that Monday show didn't even happen. So I know a lot of people were making jokes, um, including us, because how do you not make them? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jay White was Jay White was on his way to fucking Los Angeles and, and the plane turned around and he signed on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, everybody was cracking those jokes because how yeah. do you not? But uh, exactly. but it looks even greater for the company. However, with guys like Kota Ibushi probably set to be coming in with them wanting to uh, with them, you know, looking to sign uh, more people. You know, uh, I believe Aussie Open's contracts uh, are set to be up soon. I read a story a couple days ago that uh, Kazuchika Okada wants to change the scenery. Uh, yeah. I don't know about him leaving New Japan. I could see him taking a detour or a... Uh, like a break. What the fuck well, do they call it? An excursion uh, from New Japan? Mm -hmm. He's taking one now in Noah. So, I think oh, he might yeah. want to do it in America. Is what that tweet really meant. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I could see him. I mean, shit. I mean, yeah, if he's been in Noah, you know, I could, I could see I could see him just wanting to kind of, uh, you know, uh, continue the excursion to the States. Um, as far as production, 
Classic AEW. <laughs> you coulda, you just like. It wasn't bad. No, but... no. So like, I like, I get why they did it. Like, I get, you know, everybody wanted, everybody was expecting to see Jay White on on Monday, including myself. Like, literally, everybody fucking expected to see Switchblade on Raw. You know, mm-hmm. we all get disappointed. We all get disappointed. Come Wednesday, Tony Khan wants that to be the first thing you see. Like, yep, we fucking got him. We got him. No fucking Monday Night Raw. It's Friday Night SmackDown debut for Jay White. Jay White is all elite. So, so, um, I get why you did that. But, dude, bro, Switchblade (sighs) is one of those guys you can add some of the coolest fucking production value too i mean look at what production value does for a guy like like fucking bronson reed look how cool his entrance looks or or my personal favorite in wwe look at what production value does for bobby lashley this dude looks like a fucking monster every time he comes out there he's literally built like a fucking action figure when he stands up on that fucking podium and you hear the 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 i don't know what the trombones or whatever yeah whatever that that instrument is uh but look at what production value does for so many people look at what production value does for so many people and dude switch i don't know if we said it on friday but like um we mentioned you you mentioned something like uh like, you know, the, the Tron, like, uh, you know, the, the lights can go out and then there's a Tron, uh, you know, there's like an all white Tron and then you just see a knife just kind of cut through the Tron and it just ends up being fucking switchblade. I can't remember the, the, I can't remember the, the, uh, the example I gave something that would be real Um, cool. I can't remember what the fuck I said. Um, when, when he's fucking uh, playing with the, uh, you know, knife. In his yes, Titans yes, body. or like He's I said, you know, you can have Ricky Starks about to hit the Rochambeau or something, and then you just see a silhouette standing on the on the stage with some red lighting behind him, and you just kind of see him just kind of playing with a with a knife, and it ends up being Switchblade. Like, dude, shit like that, bro. It's like you gotta get this down with production, man. You have to, bro. You got to. Cause it, it's gonna make it's gonna make him look cooler, and it's gonna make him look like a big fucking deal, man. I I you know, if I'm looking at the day, de- if I'm taking all other factors out of context, the debut itself was just bare bones. Like I said, if I'm oh, taking yeah. everything out, I know why they did it, but if I'm taking everything out of context, or if I'm taking everything out of the equation here. The debut was just very bare bones. Like, how the fuck do you debut Switchblade Jay White and you just have him run out there and do a beat down in the beginning of the show? Like, dude, the production value you can do with just a fucking Switchblade. Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's, it's so, so disappointing. But I get why they did it. I get why they did it. And when you do put those factors into the equation, it makes more sense. But still... Yeah. Just me being a me being a geek for production in professional wrestling and what it can kind of do for people, I would have just loved to see that, man. I would have loved to see that. Um, 
definitely. So, um, yeah, man, that was that was that that was that. But overall, I think it was a great signing. But like Sergey said, you're gonna have to start cleaning house. Scorpio Sky's been clear for a long time. If you don't want to use them. You got to get rid of these kind of people, man. You got to get rid of these kind of people. Um, Dude, I could, I could make a whole fucking list of people easily that you could just, just say goodbye to easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, this was on Rampage, but dude, I think they broke mogul affiliates up. <laughs> dude, release Parker Bruno and fucking Trench. Please, so, please, so, please so, so Swerve, Swerve was on Rampage and he said he had a big announcement for Rampage. I don't mind jokes at WWE, but like, I feel like this one was a little reaching it. It's like, all right, whatever. Hey, it didn't really come across as funny to me, but it's just me. He said uh, he, he, he said he was, fine. he said he was merging with another faction and he what? was taking 51% and he ended up merging with the embassy so they at the end at the uh, the end of Darby Allen's match Swerve came out and then Brian Cage and Prince Nana came out yep so not only was the joke ass but the group he merged with was somehow even worse why didn't Dude. you just pit Swerve with Private Party, bro? That's perfect. Swerve with Private Party. Swerve with fucking anybody. But these, what is with this company of producing these random buttfuck factions yeah. that have nothing to do with each other? Stop. The Mogul yes. Embassy. The Mogul Embassy. Good God. Kid. Yeah. Dude, I, I thought Brian Cage was happy, bro. Could his wife start tweeting or something? Can he go? He don't need to be here at this point. Well, I mean, if we're going to lose Wardlow. Because I, I, if I was Wardlow, I'd dip. And I might use a brand cage. But I don't know, man. I don't know at this yeah. point. They got to start letting people go. They Hon- do. Honestly, we just talked about making the list of people that they need to release. There's, a, you know, you can easily put down the list of, of, people, of people that you just don't like. Genuinely, dude. Uh, and it's not because I don't like him, because I love him, but man, Wardlow is one of those guys. I would just, I, I would, I would put him on that list because I, I feel bad for him. Not because I don't like him, because I want to see him do better in somewhere yeah. that will actually appreciate the fucking man. Because, <laughs> oh, <sighs> what, what a fumble! They really are, man. They they fumbled that man like crazy, and I mean. Yeah, there's always the future and whatever, but dog. Every time we say that, it fails. Yep. Every time we talk about the future, you know, we talked about the future of him with a second TNT title run, and he ended up holding it for two days. And he got buried by QT Marshall. If that doesn't say anything about your... If that doesn't tell you you need a change of scenery, uh, I don't know what does. Exactly, bro. Look what it did for Cody. That man was the most hated person in AEW, and now the kids love him again. That's right. Until they hate him again in a couple months, but <laughs> and they don't go right own. back to AEW, and they'll love him again. Oh, so. dude, 
the second that man steps foot in AEW again, over like crazy. People are gonna be working out. I'm gonna be working out. And then Cody will fuck himself over a couple months later. He's gonna come back to win the big one. The TNT title. <laughs> so, yeah, man, honestly, Wardlow. Yeah, Wardlow is one of those guys, man. I, w- I would, uh, it's bittersweet, but I would say goodbye to him in AEW, man. I mean, the, the guy, the guy's beyond buried. Um, But yes, man, I mean, there's, there's, a, there is an, a, an abundance of people that, that you can get rid of. Uh, because just good Lord, good fucking Lord. What a mess. So, you know, if you want to bring all these people in, if you want to bring all these people in, man, you know, you're going to have to get rid of them. Switchblade is one of those guys. I don't want to say it's impossible because in AEW, I could have, I could have genuine, I could have genuinely told you that it would be impossible for Andrade to fall under the radar and Keith Lee I would have told you it was impossible for them to. So I'm not going to say it's impossible for Switchblade to kind of just be in an abundance of nothing. Because it's literally happened to all of them. Um, Even at a point, Adam Cole was just kind of floating around doing nothing. But Mm -hmm. he's one of those guys, you know, I I hope, I can at least hope that Switchblade uh, will not fall into a a, a fucking cesspool of, of just doing nothing. Um, and I want to say he won't because he's damn near elite. He is bullet club, but, um, you know, I mean, at this point, man, it's all about how Tony Khan feels about him. Did Tony Khan really want him or did he just kind of want him to keep, keep him away from, from WWE? We'll just have to wait and see because, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that Tony Khan likes. And then there's a lot of guys that Tony Khan likes enough to push. You know what I mean? Uh, so, so you know, he, he really likes you, man. Fucking he, there. Yeah. So, next up, Chris Jericho is doing a backstage interview. And <laughs> the essence of excellence. Broly, Dracula. Gray Lee, old man Lee, shows up behind Jericho, or in front of Jericho, and he challenges him to a match uh, for next week. And it got confirmed, man. So next week we're getting Keith Lee versus Chris Jericho. I want Keith Lee to be one of these guys that Chris Jericho works with. Um in a feud, but if Chris Jericho is just, if this is kind of just something for Jericho to do before he gets to Adam Cole, mm, no, I mean, it's not, I mean, because either, you know, Jericho's going to win this match and then Keith Lee's going to just fall into a bigger fucking pool of mediocrity than he already is in either that or Adam Cole's going to help. Keith Lee win or something's gonna happen and it's just gonna play to a different story. I was gonna say with their history in NXT, I could see Keith Lee and Adam Cole kind of putting aside differences 
to go against Jericho and the Gen AS. I could I could easily see that happening. Because Cole's a baby face right now. You know, Keekly is obviously one. And I could easily see them doing that. Easily see them doing that. That's classic TK right there. Dude. That's the TK handbag. You know, his little fucking notebook. There's a light out of it, bro. Yep. Put two little people together in a few. Dude. Keith Lee. And Adam Cole. <laughs> Just, bro. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can, I can see them it. doing that, too. Because he even said here, uh, I've had my differences with Adam Cole, but I respect him. Mm-hmm. You know what's coming. I could definitely see something happening. The JAS maybe comes down for a beatdown after the match, and then Adam Cole comes out to make the save, thus pairing together Keith Lee and Adam Cole. You know, I could make it even worse for you. Guess you know who's you know who's feud with 2.0, the acclaimed. They need to completely oh, get together. Fuck. Dude, it's the most Tony conscious. Like maybe, 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 if it was just the acclaimed going for 2.0, Keithley, you know, going against you know Chris Jericho or one of the other guys, and those three for one match, I wouldn't mind. Because they, they could do something together for for an episode. Keith Lee kind of liked them during their, yeah. during their feud with uh, uh, Swerving Our Glory and the Acclaimed. Exactly. They have history in that company in AEW already. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. But Adam Cole in there, bro. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't do that to Cole, man. Don't do that. It... Dude, the bullshit they're doing with the TNT title, the TV, and I was going to say TBS, um, it's not all Atlantic, all national, whatever, like, fucking national title, whatever the fuck it's called, um, dude, give it, get, get fucking, um, Adam Cole with one of those, bro, have not beat Cassidy or fucking Hobbs at this point, they're doing nothing with either of the two mid-card titles. Nothing good. Who even is the fucking TNT champ? Oh, oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> QTV over there. Yep. That's the worst part, bro. Hobbs by himself? Great. You had to put him in a QT faction? Yeah, I don't need that, man. I'm sick of it. I'm sick and, of it. I'm sick of people. And, and Keith Lee's another one. I mean... You talk about putting a title on Adam Cole, and, you know, absolutely, but I mean, shit, dude, if you can have Keith Lee put, or get one of the titles from fucking Hobb or Orange Cassidy as well, man, I mean, what the fuck are you doing with him? And, man, I mean, I don't know, man, I don't know, oh. this, this, this doesn't really seem good for, for Keith Lee, um, or, you know, I kind of feel bad, too, because I feel like Jericho tries to work with these guys, and I feel like he tries to, um, I feel like he tries to, you know, kind of kickstart their run, but it's like once they get out of a feud with Jericho, Tony just kind of forgets all about him. Exactly, man, exactly. That's why there needs to be a team, a team of, of boogers, of... Yeah. Overall, bookers, a plan, or something. 
It can't just be TK, bro. It can't. Your roster's too big. And I don't know. I genuinely do not know how you passed up on William Regal. Because William Regal's got a little bit of that black and gold in him. Would have been perfect. Dog. I do not know how you passed up on on him being there. Exactly, using him like that, bro. That would have been perfect. He'd be the perfect person. For, uh, it's 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 sad. It is, it is, and yeah, this whole this whole you know essence of excellence, Keith Lee, Dracula Lee. Whatever it is, Gray Lee, whatever he is, bro, is just not cutting it, man. I, I don't know why we can't just have the Keith Lee that debuted in AEW. Like, and, and the way, it's the worst part that it's Keith Lee doing it. That's the worst part, because at this point, if TK tells him, now you got to go back to your normal, you know, Keith Lee self, it's going to be a whole thing, you know what I mean? And he'll not want to be there probably because he said how much he likes being there because he could be himself so that's that's the thing about certain people you can't when their creative ideas are bad you can't even let them sniff their freedom because that's all they want and if they don't give them it 24 7 they want to go you can sometimes you just can't let people have creative freedom bro it's just how it is no yeah, it makes it makes for worse television. It makes for worse television, and it completely fucking ruins their their whole, um, mm-hmm. yeah, their whole you know their whole kind of image and, and aura and kind of what makes them them. Um, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But next, next we have the best friends. best friends are on my television but they are yeah they're on my list too um they're facing the house of black they're facing the house of black for the trios championships um this match i mean this match was this match was pretty good this match was pretty good uh nothing nothing too bad nothing too bad at all can't complain about it man uh malachi uh sorry no malachi uh buddy murphy Buddy Murphy ended up hitting um, his finisher on Chucky e. T to uh, help them retain the championships, man. And what was you know, a pretty good match. I just mm-hmm. genuinely do not care to see the best friends on my television. Um, but the House of Black's always um, the House of Black's always great, man. They're always great. Um, however, uh, this is just another um, another win for this uh, God level. Orange Cassidy run that we're currently on right now. So, according to AEW fans, according according to these fucking marks, man, Orange Cassidy is this fucking he's rolling reigns at this point. Um, I don't get it, bro. I don't see the hype in him. I don't see the hype in definitely not in the fucking best friends. Those two are two of the fucking most boring human beings you could put on this planet. The guns have made themselves more interesting than the best friends. I cannot believe I'm saying that. The guns, those two dorks, are fucking more interesting than those other dorks. You hate to say it, bro. You hate to say it. Definitely, man. Speaking of production value, 
We get yeah. this we get this vignette after this match. It's Christian Cage walking down a dark hallway and there is a corridor opened up with red lighting and just filled with smoke that he's walking towards. He stops in the middle of the doorway and you just see this huge silhouette of Luchasaurus walking through the red smoke as he walks up to as he walks up to the camera and him and Christian look at the camera and it cuts off, man. Um pretty fucking cool, man. I love this is what I'm talking about with production value. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Now, if you can just do that for his entrance, it will go a long way in in people and people thinking uh that he's fucking just dope as fuck. Because I really like that like pain vibe that they gave Luchasaurus, man. I really like it. I think it's a perfect path for, you know, and what he wears and how he is. I really like that. And um this AW man, that shit has been so 50-50 with production. Either that shit has been on point or it's, you know, classic AEW, which what to me it looks like is whatever they give the time for that one guy they hired. You know, Michael put his hands. Yep, which you got. You have to hire a team of people like that, so you could reach that production across all aspects of your show. That's one thing TK needs to hire more of: less wrestlers, more of company things. You know, music people. Like, dude, AEW Twitter, bruh. I saw AEW fans making the argument. That Mikey Ruckus is more valuable to AEW than Jen Johnson would be. Who the fuck said that? AEW marks. They were. They didn't really care for Jim Johnson to be hired because they think Mikey Ruckus is, is doing a better job than Jim Johnson could do in AEW. And that Mikey Ruckus is killing it, man. I'm, no, I'm sorry, dude. Looking back, and you know. I'm not saying all his music is bad, bro, but I'm saying when we look back at this shit years down the line, his fucking music blows, dude. That shit sucks. How do you not have a Keith Lee theme song with him rapping it, first of all? I know you made the song when, you know, he was getting married, but dude, it's been an entire calendar year since the date. You're telling me you didn't have any time within the calendar year to fucking make this guy a theme song. Everybody's fucking every 90% of fucking theme songs on this show just feel just generic. generic. Well, I mean, if they don't get music, that shit sucks. Yeah, I mean it's just like what what the fuck? Like he makes a lot of just like noise theme song, like it's just a beat type thing. Mm-hmm. And, and he really, and if it, and if he, a lot of his music too, he sings it himself. Like, like, dude, you need to get a team to do that. At least with, like, even with Death Rebel, at least there are a team of people that do shit. TFO were a team of people that did it. Jim Johnson, he was the one singing the fucking theme songs. He would contact artists to create theme songs. It's perfect. And 
fucking ruckus spends his whole fucking all his fucking job making rave remixes of AEW themes and fucking dude. having little cut like dude no that's I see job. I see him tweeting about that all the time oh I made a best friends and Darby Allen and Swerve Strickland theme song EDM rave mashup what why are dude. you making that do your job and make good theme songs. That dude blows. That you shit is ass. Jim Johnson or somebody built his level. I'm sure there's many people out there in the industry you can find to create some good goddamn theme songs. Camera work. Hire more camera people. Um, production shit, bro. You, that's who you gotta hire right now. You have the roster. You have them. Hire more. Like, I get it. A Kota Ibushi comes up, you gotta sign him. I, I don't think they'll be signing full-time with him, but Okada, you would have to. You know, it's one of those things. But what you're, what you just, what you should be looking for, production people. It's, it's, it's that simple. They need that shit. Especially in those theme songs, bro. Likey Ruckus blows. That Mikey, dude. Mikey Ruckus is not, horrible. It sucks. You name one person's theme song that is like killer that isn't licensed or sung by themselves. The one. <laughs> the, the only Mikey Ruckus song, and I fucking hated it at first. It's not even really his song though. He kind of just remixed fucking Midnight Express's song. Um, yeah. is FTR, but like I said, that's a fucking Midnight Express remix. Jade's is decent. I actually kind of like Jade's. Oh, um, yeah. Jade's got a good music. She's got, she's got a good one. And what else, Tonga? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Like, Literally, all the people with, with banger theme songs are, are all licensed. CM Punk, Darby mm-hmm. Allen, fucking uh, um, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, they Ben had that song. I believe MJF used to use his song on the Indies. That's not a Mikey yeah. Ruckus project. Um, yeah. Swerve Strickland. Uh, or apparently on the Indies used to have a cool licensed song. It was some like '90s hip hop song. So I, I, I could see him getting that one day if mm-hmm. you know TK really takes a liking to it, which I think he eventually will. But I can see that, but like, that's who all has good theme songs. Orange like Cassidy's it. old song, uh, Where Is My yeah. Mind. I liked Where Is My Mind way better than play. Plain Jane. <laughs> Plain Jane. And Jane, whatever the fuck it's called. That shit blows. Yeah. I, 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 get it. I, I don't really care for it either. Uh, Malachi Black's first song in AEW. Um, Fire. I like that song a lot. That shit was heat. Um... But you get the point. You get the point. Um, All sung by bands or popular artists or old 80s music. Ain't nothing made by him. Dude sucks. Hook is another one. Banger. Fucking banger. Um, And, you know, here's... Jim Johnston actually got legit artists that are, are credible in their craft and they're fucking bangers. Um... I believe Endeavor, Zeno sings Jeff Hardy's, uh... Yeah, fucking Batista. Well, uh, who sings Batista again? 
Uh, I think it's pronounced Salvia. S A L I V A. They make they they were very popular in the saliva. So I think saliva? it might be saliva. It might be saliva. They're all you watch any fucking those early two thousand Fast and Furious movies. Mm-hmm. They got songs on them. Uh, what uh, uh, um, good lord, he got uh, Lil Kim sings yeah. uh, Trish Stratus, Motorhead, three, f- yeah. fucking three six sings. You know Mark Henry, fucking John Cena was laying down the track himself, fucking. Mm-hmm. You know, motor, motorhead. I mean, you get the point. You get the point. I mean, he was getting legit. He was getting legit artists, and here Mikey Ruckus is fucking singing himself. No, thank you. <sighs> no, thank you. Not for me, dog. No. Get him out. No. Get out. Seriously. Um. Good lord, fucking whoever did that needs to be banned off fucking Twitter forever. Do Jim Johnston played uh jim johnson played uh a bigger part than anybody can ever imagine in all of our childhoods bro fucking broken dreams written in my face fucking you mentioned mark henry i mean dude those are all bangers bro burning my light i mean get the fuck out of here this fucking guy chemical dog slow dude the list goes on fucking i know you don't like it but uh John Morrison, ain't no make believe. Fucking no more words. I mean, dude, the list. My lady piece. What's up? Whatever, but my lady piece. Banger. Fucking yeah, she's banger. That's just a repressed of time. That shit was fire, man. It's shit heat, bro. Dude, I mean, just. Just bangers, bro. The dude just created bangers. That he, that that dude cannot fucking lace Mikey or that dude cannot lace Jim Johnson's boots at dude all. Yeah, boots. No, and those are fucking pretty big, pretty fucking generic boots overall. On God, the thing is with with CFO though, CFO mastered like. Uh, no words theme songs where there's no words where it's still very identifiable Shana's Undisputed Sneak in a way technically had words but they were just fucking ad-libs right Um, Johnny Gargano Gano Tommaso Ciampa fucking um dude Mikey Ruckus is on the same level with uh Def Rebel for me he is for I think he's worse. Def Rebels got like one to three good songs for me. Mikey Ruckus maybe has like one to three good songs at that. Um and that's that's it. He really is, man. It's sad to see. But the one thing at least I, I would say about Def Rebel is their good songs are like bangers, really? like to me. Like sad. Like Seth, uh, Roman Reigns' song is fucking fire. Uh, Bobby Lash, Bobby Lash, Bobby Lash is probably my favorite Def Rebel song. But like, that shit is just fucking fire. Um, even Rhea Ripley, her song is sung by Motionless and White. Exactly. The intro is kind of weird, but as the song goes on, that shit's heat. 
Exactly, bro. Just needs better production, man. That's just what AEW needs, man. It's literally the last thing they really need. Yes. Absolutely. So Jamie Hayter defeats Riho here. Um Chopper. Yeah, that was that. Uh we got the outcast. Uh being an outcast. Just dude. being outcast <laughs> out in the ring. Uh or uh in a backstage interview after the match. The acclaimed, the acclaimed were out there with um, 2.0. 2.0 told them that they, uh, what is it? They told 2.0 told them that they scheduled a match for him on Friday. You know, obviously this is leading up to a to a feud, but um, yeah, to get their answer, they took him out like to dinner or something. Yeah, and the claim well, they'll give him an answer next week. It wasn't bad. I don't know what they're doing, man. I no, it's something. It's a nice little something. Yeah, I love these two, man. I really do. Oh, they're great. They're great. Um. Uh. Then MJF gets the key to the city. He gets awesome. the key to the city, man. It shows uh the real life footage of him. I'm assuming at town hall. Um. <laughs> uh getting the key to the city and then it goes into uh it goes into a performance it goes into a performance by an orchestra or whatever they're called um MJF comes out there gets the gets the Long Island welcome as only Max could and then he starts singing um raining pennies or something like that it was something like that i, I think he, he did i think that's what it was like raining pennies or something and bro, that man could sing, bro these are the things these are the things like if if a segment like this were to happen in like a fucking vince mcmahon wwe oh. these are like oh. these are those segments that are like destined for failure kind of like the dinner debonair like in mm-hmm. vince like in a w in a, Vin, in a vince mcmahon era Segments like that are truly fucking just destined Horrid. for failure. Mm-hmm. But god damn, this fucking guy. I know he used to sing when he was a kid, but god damn, he, he's he got a great voice, man. He's got that, like, 50s, 60s voice when he... That shit is fire, dog. That shit is heat. He I can, love it. I love those things. He could sing his ass off, man. And he was he was singing on stage. He's, he's uh you know, going up to the... Uh, going up to some of the some of the musicians and you know they're playing he's he's letting he's letting the crowd hear them specifically and stuff he's putting the mic up to there you know he's just playing around he's having fun with his performance and he he's just singing his ass off bro you it, it's amazing man it really is um he he's he has a fucking great voice man because man that shit is amazing Yes, so he comes out there with the dude that gave him the key to the city. They present him with a bigger key to the city, um, and he thanks Long Island. You know, he's mad babyface. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, whenever he's at home. You know, whenever he's at home. Kind of like the Brett in Canada. I always love that dynamic punk in Chicago. You know, they're babyface when they come home, but anywhere else they're a heel. I, I like that a lot. So... MJF, MJF starts talking about his teacher, uh, that he had ADD 
And every single day she would pick on him and she would tell him to read the question off the board. And he always told her that he could never answer it because he didn't know the answer. And one day she told him, where does your mind wander off to every single day? And he said, professional wrestling. He told her he wanted to be a world champion. And she told him the chances of that happening are slim to none. That is always one thing I fucking hated so much about the school systems, bro, is these teachers are supposed to be there. He's not saying this anymore. This is me. But these t- <laughs> these t- these teachers are supposed to be there to shape the next era of our country. Dude. Yet they are the biggest bullies you will ever come across in your entire life. Oh, dude, they hate themselves and everyone around them, bro. They're so negative all the time. It like, is... yeah, they're underpaid. They gotta deal with fucking annoying people. But like, these are the next people, bro. Treat them right. At least verbally. Exactly. Like, dude, you're underpaid. You take that shit up with your employer. You know, I'm sure you deal with fucking shitty kids all day, but not all kids are like that. And that's just how exactly. it is. That's just how exactly. it is. And and the t- and it, and being a teacher can go a really long way because I had two specific teachers in my entire lifetime that just absolutely changed my life. Um, made me a better person man and just they they teach you so much beyond school they teach you about life and then there's some teachers that fucking blow like why would you well, like why would you ever tell a child that honestly what's the point of saying that bro what do you gain from that seriously or paying attention because you said that I never got that shit. Makes no sense. But regardless, the teacher told him the chances of that happening are slim to none. And he, I think, he he said something like, let's be honest, she was just a, she was a bitch or something like that. He said something like that. <laughs> so he called her a bitch and, and he told her, um, who got the last laugh? Good for you, bro. Hell he, yeah, bro. So he said, he said, I want to say this. And when I say this, I'm only talking to the kids in Long Island because I don't talk to poors. You guys can be whatever you want to be, except for me. So, fucking MJF. I love it, bro. He does that shit so well. So, oh, he's fantastic, man. He's fantastic. So, he grabs his title. He grabs his title, uh, and he starts walking away. And as he's about to start his encore, there's somebody who's got the two fucking two little tin things and MJF standing right behind him, but he just fucking clonks them together right behind him. And MJF starts yelling at him. He says, what he said, he said, he said something like, what are you doing? You jackass. We've been going over this performance for, for months. And he says, okay. (laughs) And he turns around. Like he didn't just fucking yell at this dude on national television. He turns around and he just goes fucking starts singing. And it's jungle boy, man. Jungle boy starts attacking him. Dude, they were doing the thing where they were, like, rolling on top of each other, and then they were rolling back on top of each other, and then they were rolling back on top of each other. Dude, anytime fucking Jungle Boy would get on top of MJF, they would just start raining booze. But when MJF would roll on top of him, it was just an eruption of cheers. It was, I love the AEW fucking crowds. I love that shit. That shit's so great, man. Those crowds are perfect, bro. I love that segment, man. I love what they did there. I liked how they played it up, how, you know, Jungle Boy was in the choir, or 
orchestra, whichever that might be. Yeah. Um, I really liked that, man. I thought that was really good. I thought they played it up really well. Definitely, man. Um, they, uh, the officials separated them. Jungle Boy was on one side. MJF was on the other. They left the title belt sitting in the middle of the ramp. Sammy Guevara came out, grabbed the belt. MJF got pissed, and he uh, he shoved it back in MJF's face as Guevara here had a match with Commander. He had a match with Commander. This was very good. It is very, very nice to see Sammy going back to his workhorse roots. Dude, I've been ever since this, this you know, if I'm gonna say fucking four horsemen thing. Good lord, joke about that <laughs> shit too much. The four pillars thing started, man. I don't like what they've been doing. I literally like what um Guevara's been doing, man. He's feeling like old Guevara again, man. Yeah. And I hope they keep it up, man. I really do. And that episode of All Excess is really helping that man's case. Dude, I genuinely like. I like when. Well, Dude, I'm starting to like the man. When he was when he was on when he was on um when he when he was on there talking about how he feels like sometimes he doesn't deserve it. I genuinely I start I started my eyes started watering for the dude. I was like, damn. Like that's so fucking sad. Like that sucks, man. But um I'm starting to like him, man. I'm starting to like the guy again, I gotta say. Yeah, man, he's he's getting that old vibe again, man. That's good to see, man. That's good to see. Definitely, he's he's like I said, man. He's going back to his workhorse roots, even as a heel, even like as that. a heel, man. He's going back to his workhorse roots, and he's been doing really good. He picked up the victory against Commander, as he continues to stack wins. All three of the. Uh, all three of the four pillars start stacking wins, so you know you know where this is going. But I, I like I like what they're doing here. I like what they're doing. A string of victories to make all guys credible, man. It's it's very good. It's very Definitely. good. I like it a lot, man. I like it a lot. He cut a promo after uh, talking about um, why he deserves a shot at MJF, and he, uh, you know, kind of heals up towards the crowd. But I, I will say this, dude: you separate him with Ty Conti. Sammy Guevara is a just lovable workhorse baby face, man. You know? Exactly, man. That's what he is at his core, man. He's got to embrace that. That's what got him over. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I know he's trying to play heel now, uh, you know, because he's technically, you know, still a little kind of on screen with Ty. But, um, man, I think you separate those two. Even Ty as a baby face was, was, was pretty solid. And, is Sammy still in the JAS? Dude, uh, I wish I, I wish I had an answer for you, man. I don't know that, but I wouldn't mind that pairing as much. Definitely not as that. They shouldn't do it overall. But if they do, as baby faces, man, I think those two can survive, and I think Kavara himself can thrive. Definitely, definitely, dude, for sure. Next, we have an FTW title match. I mean, it's great seeing Hook on TV. We need to see the guy more, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Like, what is that fucking firm shit? Where it's fucking Matt Hardy and... But, like, why? Why is this happening? 
Dude, Matt Hardy turns on Ethan Page. And him and Isaiah Cassidy walk off as they help Hook win the FTW title. Didn't they say from day one, Ethan Page wanted to become the king of the Atlantic? They're, well, now the the international king. And he's fighting for the FTW title. Okay. And getting betrayed. Dude, I don't get none of this shit, man. I'm gonna cut this whole firm, Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, private party. Cut all that bullshit, bro. Please. I'm sick of these random factions facing these random factions for no reason. Hook. Hook retains his championship in. What was uh no nothing too crazy, man. It was it seemed like it was more kind of just put on TV so Matt Hardy could turn. But Literally. next up we get the announcement that everybody everybody wanted to hear. Tony Khan and Nigel McGinnis um are standing there as Tony Tony uh thanks everybody for watching Dynamite and he thanks uh Nigel for being the newest member to AEW and he, he talks about how much he loves to have him there and I can't tell you how much I love having Nigel McGinnis there um he is one of the voices of my favorite time in professional wrestling black Same. and gold so he is one of the voices of that I have uh I have I have so much love for Mr. McGinnis. He's fucking amazing. He made that era what it was. And Tony thanked him for, for being there uh, in AEW. He talked about how much of a pleasure it was to have him. He said, five years ago, five years ago, four men set out to change the wrestling business. He said, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega... Uh, ran a show called All In, and it changed the wrestling. Uh, it changed the wrestling future as we know it. He said those four men produced a show called All In. Those four men produced a show called All In, and this this August we are going to be holding the first ever AEW All In, and for the rest of the announcement. There's only one man that can properly announce it, and it seems to be fucking Mr. Announcement at this point. This guy's fucking there to announce every single announcement they have. Adam Cole. Adam Cole. I mean, I don't mind it, but, like, I want to know the reason behind it. Like, why do you, like, why do they always get Adam Cole to do it? DK really likes that man fucking announcing shit for some reason. Like, why? This one, somebody got asked the real pop, the real answers, the real questions on those media scrolls. I don't, I don't know, man. I genuinely have no idea. So, Adam Cole, Adam Cole comes up uh, to Nigel McGinnis, and he said, "This August, uh, Sunday, August twenty seventh, at Wembley Stadium in the UK, AEW will be holding." AEW all in for the first time. And that was that man. I got the poster here from Friday, man. As you can see, this was the poster that they put out. Um, this was the poster that they put out. Obviously, you could see all the 
See all the AEW people there and all in London, Wembley Stadium live this Sunday, August 27th. And it looks, um, and as you can see at the bottom as well, on sale May 20 or May 5th, May 5th, so about a month on Ticketmaster.co.uk. Uh, so that's the news, man. That's the news. AEW all in. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fucking awesome, man. I just am begging you by the end of the summer for a streaming service. Um, please, please. Yes. Well, yeah, I, the time is going to be different for that, man, for that pay-per-view. Yep, yep. yep. Oh, I didn't even think about that till now. Yeah. Well, the time of those things you really start, like, one? Mm. Wow. Yeah. We'll probably get a good idea for Money in the Bank. Yeah, it's true. What time did the Clash start? That's a good-ass fucking question. I want to say 11 o'clock. I want to say the pre-show started at 10. Or the pre-show started at 11. Damn, I can't really remember. I think it was was in the afternoon. It was sometime in the fucking afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, dude. If... If I have to fuck, if we have to run to Walmart to get an AEW pay per view to work at fucking eleven in the goddamn morning, oh dude, <laughs> oh my god. So, also we talked about this on Friday as well, but you know, All In is in London. It's in Wembley Stadium. Uh, apparently, they're still having All Out in Chicago. So a week later, one week and- later. I actually like the idea of um, All In not really being a locational show, but a milestone show. You know, it was the first thing they'd done. Every time you go fun. there, you do a debuting venue. Exactly. You um, It was four guys, you know, creating the pay-per-view. No one said they could do it. And now, AEW, no one's saying that they could, you know, successfully hold that event in a stadium that's large. I like it as the, you can't show i like where the what, what tk did with that with all in i actually really like that he made that show all in absolutely absolutely um that is the show that uh you know that is the show that was made off of a bet so yeah, it was man it was yeah man um so that was that and i'm very excited for it i'm just hope all Out doesn't get scraps, and I'm really interested to see how they're going to do it, but I genuinely feel like we're getting scraps. I feel like it, man. Like, easily, if done right, it could easily be a night one, night two, a mania thing, but a week later. They could easily do that. Both TK's track record, I, I, we're, we're going to get scraps. <laughs> because, I mean, logistically, you kind of have to anyway. That, that is a 90,000-seat arena. Will, do I think they can sell it out? Yes. Will they? It's a 50-50. I think it go either way, man. Either way, you're looking to sell around 60 to 75, maybe 80,000 seats, man. And you got to fill those seats. Mm-hmm. You got to put some shit on that fucking card that you can't put on All Out. And that's just going to be how it is, man. That's why I don't think they should do All Out this year at all. At that point, I would either save it for next year or give us something different next year, man. If, you know, you guys know me, I don't shut up about it. I want double or nothing. 
please. But um, I don't see that happening. But like, come on, man, come on. I don't think you need to do all out personally. But I love what they're doing with this all in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, man, I don't know why they didn't put this show in, like, July or, like, the, at least the beginning of August so you get, like, a month build to All Out, at least. Oh, man, so, because we got, we got Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door, All In, and then All Out. Damn. Oh, this summer is packed with AEW, man. Yes. Which I like, but they could then, to me, you could have cut All Out this year. You really should have. Or like even, even with WWE, I like how they're at least giving us like a little break. You know, they're giving yeah. us a little break after Money in the Bank. You know, I don't, th- I don't think they're on again till SummerSlam. So, you know, they they, cool. they definitely pace their shows out very well this summer. They did. They did definitely, man. I yeah, think I know. I know, th- I know they got a pay-per-view at the end of May, King of the Ring, and I don't think they're running at all in June, which I love. Uh, I believe good. they're just doing July and then, you know, August for SummerSlam, so I like that a lot better. But um, the BCC, or as Hangman says, the BBC, are um, the BBC are out there, and they're fighting jobbers. Uh, they beat the jobbers. They beat the jobbers. No, they mop the floor with them. Danielson gets on the mic. He has a um, uh, Danielson gets on the mic and he starts talking about how he uh, about how he loves how he loves um, uh, John Moxley. He loves Claudio Castagnoli, and even though he's a little shithead, he loves Wheeler Yuta. He talks about how they are the only professional wrestlers on the planet. Everybody else is amateurs. He said, it's not even in this company because after the professional wrestling I've seen this week, we are the only professional wrestlers in the world taking a shot at that fucking horrible Monday Night Raw, which you love to see it. Hangman comes out. They quickly start ambushing him. Danielson gets on uh Danielson gets back on the mic and he says nobody even loves you the way I love uh I love these guys nobody is coming out from the back to help you uh nobody's nobody's coming to the save so he grabs a screwdriver and he says you know while I was at home I've been teaching my kids how to fix up the house and I think this house, AEW, needs a little bit of fixing. He grabs the screwdriver and starts gouging it into Hangman's eye. Dog, man. I love Gilda Angelson. He's this is what amazing. I, I fucking love Gil Brian Danielson. This dude is on a different level when he's the bad guy, man. I love it. I love this man as a fucking bad guy. And I, that, that was awesome. I really like what they did there, man. He is one of the all-time great baby faces, but goddamn, yeah, something just clicks when he's a heel. I like him as a heel. I really liked, you know, coming in to AEW, you know, Brian Danielson baby face. That's a big baby face. Um, <clears throat> Brian Danielson for me. 
but any heal version I made just stops. It shit is heat. Yes. Yes, I mean, the original <clears throat> Yes Movement stuff was goaded, man, but then, I mean, you look at, like, you look at, like, earlier in his AEW run after the match with Kenny when he kind of turned heel, and then you, uh, obviously, the Planets champ is fucking goaded. Um, I mean, always, always delivers money when he's heel, man. Yes. I love it. Yes, he's fantastic. He is fan-fucking-tastic as a heel, man. So, that was that, man. They attack Adam Page, and nobody comes out to save him. And I didn't watch it, but I saw on BT <clears throat> that the Bucks were at home rehabilitating. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Also, on BTE, while they were doing something, you know, on the road, you could see... um. Ibushi in the background, just minding his own business, just hanging out with him. So that's a definite tease for him. I think he's definitely coming in soon. Definitely, definitely, man. So main event time, man. FTR comes out. They had a really cool entrance where. It was the simplest thing ever, but all they did, you just seen their, you know, multicolored lights, and then you just see the smoke in front of them, and they just walk through the smoke, man. It was pretty fucking cool. Hell yeah. And man, I thought that was a cool entrance, but then, bro. <laughs> These two. The, bro. Austin and Colton Gunn. Absolutely shocked me when the lights go out and I'm hearing an intro to a song that I listen to and I'm, I'm saying to myself, I'm like, it sounds really, wait a minute. Is this fucking many men and bro? These two fucking guys. Dude. And then I just hear many men and I was like bruh there's no way these motherfuckers got 50 cent many men as their entrance music I could see this Dude. being a one off because that's got to be mad expensive I could see that it's just got to be expensive dog but dude if they're going to use that song for big matches I am completely that's fucking dope. down with it that's dope. I like the idea. I'm not with that idea of people using special theme songs for big matches. I like that aspect. Because, you know, some of it, like, that, that, like you said, that song's got to be fucking expensive. And that shit was fire, dog. The and camera work they were dude. doing. Uh, they panned around them completely. I mean, they were, and those two fuckers were fucking singing the song. Uh, that shit was heat. I can't lie. Can't believe I'm saying this. <clears throat> the Gums entrance was fucking fire, dog. That shit got me hyped. Dude, Look what a good song can do for somebody. This is what I'm saying, bro. This is what I'm fucking saying. Dude, the lights come on as many men is playing. They And they're standing like Austin's like, looking this way. Colton's looking this way. They're kind of like shoulder to shoulder, you know, but they're a little tilted. 
they pan completely around him. Austin singing the song. It was it just looked so fucking sick. Um, after they completely pan around him, they hold the titles up and all the lights come back on. I mean, it looked fucking incredible, man. It looked fucking incredible. Um, and what was a banger uh, of an entrance and what was a pretty good match as well. They, they put on a pretty good match. I, I did enjoy the match for, uh, for what it was. I definitely think, you know, the aspect of FTR possibly, you know, leaving the company, leaving the company added a lot more stakes to it as, uh, FTR beat the guns via roll up. Yeah, I think that was awesome, man. Um, I think the only reason they did that was so they could do a rematch at Double or Nothing, if I'm guessing. I think they're definitely doing a rematch. I think they are, man. And they had a huge celebration afterwards, man, and it was awesome. Definitely. Even off camera, fucking Dax was celebrating with a um, Vince Fears TK sign and showed it to TK, and TK just kind of awkwardly looked away. <laughs> um, but good, good on them, man. Good on them. I I saw Dax gave one of his reasons recently on why he did resign or why did they did resign with AEW, man. And it's awesome to see, man. It's awesome to see. He talked about how um under Vince and under WWE they were just a number. You're just a tag team on the roster. But he said that Tony makes you feel like an actual person. And then he actually cares about you and you as a person, and he wants to work for someone like that rather than a company like that. And that's that's some that's some real ass shit, man. That's some real ass shit. They worked the hell out of me. I thought they were gone a couple months ago, man. Me too. I thought they were gone. They worked the hell out of me, man. But they I'm did. happy for those two. Um, they're tag champs again, which is awesome, man. And don't fail this, man. Don't fail these two. Please yes. do not. Let these people look at the second title run needs to absolutely eclipse the first because the first was not special at all. It was not, man. You need to do some great shit with this. You need, I need to see the the feuds and the match, not just the matches, because that's gonna happen automatically. The feuds, man. I want to see them. Definitely, dude. Definitely. Um, yes. The um. Yeah, it definitely needs to be way better than than the first one. And, and yes, uh, same here, bro. Dax worked the living shit out of me, man. I genuinely, a couple months ago, thought these guys were gone. I, I thought these guys were gone. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. I really did. I thought they were gone, but um, they won here. And like I said, I think I definitely think we'll be in the rematch. I think that's why they won via roll up, and. Uh, Dax is absolutely right, especially if Vince does come back, man. I mean, you're literally just a, a fucking tag team on the roster, and we all know how much Vince McMahon hates tag team wrestling. You maybe had a chance under Triple H, you know, maybe you got a, obviously you got a hell of a lot more a chance under Triple H than you do under Vince, but yeah, I mean, man, history with that guy and his friends. Yep, I even, think it was gonna work out well in that company. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I, I really don't think it was, man. I think they made the right choice overall, man. And I want to see some legit feuds given to those guys, man. I want to see 2.0. And, I, you know, like that, I want to see 
tag teams. I don't want to see no random people and random fucking nobody factions facing these two. I want to see legit tag teams. I want to see 2.0. I want that last third match, probably not last, but that big third match with the Bucks eventually. Mm -hmm. Um, All in. Lovers. I could see that at All In. I could easily see that at All In. Maybe Golden Lovers. Maybe um, shit like that, man. You have so many tag teams on your roster that you could have feuds with and make great stories with and i hope they do that i hope they go through with that absolutely absolutely man um yes i I definitely think i definitely think they made the right choice you know um like i said you may have had a little chance under triple h but at the end of the day Shawn michaels is there dead Shawn michaels did some messed up stuff to dax um Mm -hmm. road dog is there uh if you ask me I feel I feel Road Dog had a really big part towards the end of their contracts. He, you know, pretty much kind of through social media kind of picked a fight with Dax Harwood. And I don't really think that was the uh smartest business move. Um no, uh from somebody either. who's a live event director at the company, so Exactly, man. Exactly. Especially one of the, one of the, one of their whole things was you know the schedule on the live events and the director of their live events being a prick to you that don't sound great to me man no no not at all so moving on here Friday night Smackdown man um nothing too crazy dude uh, I mean it was a really good episode of Smackdown uh don't get me wrong we got a triple threat between Imperium and the Brawling Brutes that was a banger to open the show uh but the big thing that happened is Triple H came out there and he pretty much declared uh for the WWE draft and he said every superstar is eligible for the draft man and a lot of people are thinking uh, uh, the big thing on everybody's mind is what happens to these titles? What happens to these unified titles, man? Um, what do you think's going to happen, dude? It's tough, man. Because at one point, or in one aspect, I could see them doing absolutely nothing with the world title situation mm-hmm. and putting that fucking guy rolling on a, on a show. I could easily see that. But if they want to please the network, which will probably be the USA, because, you know, I'm guessing he's going to stay on Fox, on SmackDown, I'm a betting man, I can see that. Um, whether it's USA or Fox, they're going to need a world title. And this this isn't the way they should go, but this is the way that I can see this company going, because it's just how they work. They're going to, you know, unify Roman's current two titles into one that Roman will hold and they will just create a new one for the guys that couldn't beat Roman to go in <laughs> and just here, here you couldn't beat Roman so you take this man take this for the network because the network wants you to have this I could easily see that being solution or the other one like I said they don't do anything they keep that same world title situation man and I could just see him losing just the world title at, you know, um, SummerSlam, one of the two, or one of the three, technically, man, so, I don't really see nothing great happening with the world title situation, to be honest, but, um, overall, the draft is looking fun, um, I hope it is Triple H overseeing it, and 
doing it. I hope so, man. I, I think he will. And I hope he does, man. Because I want to see some people from NXT. I want to see these just new rosters, man. New rosters, new people, new shows. I want to see this shit refresh, man. New but, stages. Uh, about, uh, new sets. New I want a whole new reset. We were supposed to get the Postmania reset. We did get the quite opposite, actually. So let's get the draft reset, man, please. It's like we got the Postmania flashback. Um, Thanks for the... Oh, wow. Hmm. That's a huge, huge jump. But, um... I could, that's one of the things that's really scaring me about this is I could really see them doing that. Like I, I could really see them saying, okay, we're going to merge the WWE and universal titles and Roman's going to hold those. And then we're going to make, um, and then we're going to make, uh, a, a new world heavyweight championship for, for Monday night raw. Cause you know, Roman's staying on SmackDown, but, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's really scaring me. But regardless, man, uh, again, man, I am I am very excited. I am very, very excited of uh, I'm very excited for a WWE draft. It is sorely needed within this company. Uh, And yeah, like I said, man, they they need it very bad. Very, very bad. I think so, man. I think so. And it sounds it sounds exciting. And And, I hope it's Triple H. Yeah. And the word on the street the word on the street is that there's going to be a lot of NXT call-ups in the draft. I hope so, man. I want to see the fucking... Who's not a champion? Not really Broad Breaker, to be honest. I, I don't care for the guy mm-hmm. overall. But I want to see, like, Cameron Grimes. Yes. That level of guy. I want to see yep. D'Angelo. I want to... I want to see those guys, man. Yeah. I do. Definitely. Definitely, man. So, um, well, speaking of Braun Breaker, actually, he turned heel, um, this past Tuesday, and it actually makes me like him a little bit more. He looks like he just fits in that role. That's good. That's good because that man is baby faceless. <laughs> not a broad. Yeah. Yeah, but as a heel, bro, he looked pretty fucking badass. I can't lie. Uh, and and, and and I'm with you on that. I'm not really. You know, huge. I'm not really huge on on Breaker. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying he can't get to that level, but I'm saying he he he'll be he'll be in the mid card for for about another year. Uh, I think so. I think Tony D's more ready, Logan, than Breaker. I think most of the people are more ready than Breaker down there, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would like to see Tony D. I just yeah I. I I don't know if I could see him. I I feel like, I feel, I feel like, like they would do it though. Yeah, I feel like they're gonna want to at least put some kind of title on him. But you need to get him another faction member. You do. You can't just be him with one guy. What fucking what mob leader just got one side guy? Like what? Exactly. He's gotta have the two the two bodyguards. That's the thing. Yeah. Come on, bro. Definitely, definitely. But I could see pretty deadly. I could see pretty deadly. Coming up, um, I could see uh, Cameron Cameron Grimes needs to fucking come up. I mean, it's 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 well past due. Um, yeah, doing enough NXT even worth it? Like to me, you're ready to go up when you're good. 
I don't care what, what titles you won down there at this point. It really doesn't matter at this point what you won down there. Especially, it's just if you're, you're not. Especially because we're in the age of Shawn Michaels refusing to to change titles. The Creed brothers are another team I would love to see come up as well. Um, I would like to, I would love to see Roxanne Perez as, as another one I would like to see come up. Um, they got a bunch, man. They got a bunch. They got a bunch. They can, they got a bunch. They can, uh, they can, you know, come, uh, that they can have come up. But yeah, man, I mean, NXT man is, nowadays I really don't like, you know, back in the day, it's like, Oh, I want to see this guy at least get a run with the NXT title before they call him up. Nowadays it's like, you know, the title means nothing to me at this point in its current state. Um, the, the show's not a, it's not the third show anymore. It's not, it's not the third show you are where you're where you want to see someone on top at this point. I just want to see, everyone good out of there yeah. and into something that matters yep definitely definitely man not to mention dude i think there's also guys like uh Ilya, um oh, that dude, need to come up uh tyler so bait needs to They're come those up two are so above that fucking roster uh, not the roster but um show itself nathan fraser is another guy i i really like mm -hmm. i like him a lot i also like uh the other dude um the fuck is his name jordan devlin jd mcdonough he's fucking he is fantastic and i i, I honestly I honestly fuck with his new gimmick i like i like how it kind of plays into his in-ring style it's it's pretty cool man it's pretty cool to see but um that's good, that's good. yes they need out immediately should have never went back down there no in the first place but they should be up by now they really should Yes, absolutely, man. So, other than other other than that little world championship scare, man. Overall, I mean, I'm very excited for the WWE draft. Um, I, I'm interested to see uh, who goes where, man, and I'm excited for a nice little roster shakeup. So, Raw opens up with Rey Mysterio talking uh and he was telling dominic that he didn't want it to turn out this way dominic then came out and said you know uh, i never wanted to fight you but what kind of dad hits their son uh and and you know he was just telling he was just telling ray he was telling ray um you know here you go trying to make it all about what you want and and Ray told him, uh, you know, he talked to Bad Bunny and Bad Bunny said, he said, Bad Bunny said uh, that he's going to be ready for backlash. And I feel like we're going to get Ray and Dom versus Bunny and Priest at Bad Bunny or at, uh, what the fuck, at, at Backlash. So I, I see that, man. I see that. It does. It sounds all right, man. Might as well. Yeah, he calls. <laughs> He calls Dominic a lost cause, and he calls him out for a rematch tonight. After he told him the Judgment Day was losing him or was using him, um, he says the Judgment Day was using him, and he uh he calls he um he calls Dominic out for a rematch. Dominic says you can't fight me, but you can fight a different member of the Judgment Day. 
uh, out came Finn Balor. Finn Balor and Rey Mysterio wrestled in the opening match to Monday Night Raw, and Finn ended up winning via help from Dominic Mysterio, man. Golly, this man, Finn Balor, is going hard, bro. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how the hell he... Fucked up calf. Fucked up head. God damn. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That man's a champ. He He really is. is. He is, and it's all going to be for Vince to come back, and he'll be right back in his Jeff Hardy role where he's just fucking putting over everybody. Exactly, bro. Exactly. God damn. That's horrible to hear. <laughs> it is. He really had that. He really thought bro was Jeff Hardy. Um, he really did. Damage Control is standing outside of... Uh, and when I say damage control, I mean Dakota and EO are standing outside of Adam Pierce's office and they're saying, Where is she? We she's been in there forever. Out comes Bailey and she says, I just talked to Pierce. I'm trying to get you guys a shot at the tag team championships. But he gave me a shot in a triple threat match for one of the uh for a shot at Bianca Belair tonight. EO says something in Japanese. Dakota says, I think what EO was trying to say is, what about us? So Bailey goes, all right, give me one second. I'll be right back. She goes back in Adam Pierce's office. Uh, we end up finding a little bit later in the night, Bailey gave EO Shirai her spot in the triple threat match for Bianca Belair. So... man. That's some real shit. She also said she also said right as she went outside i'm trying to get you guys a tag team title shot and i'm try and i'm trying to make sure that we all stick together in the draft i think they're definitely going to split that group up they're breaking up and i think oh, it's for the better i think so man i think so i think this is the route to go with this group at this point yeah for sure. So that happened. Then Lita is attacked backstage as Liv and Raquel are yelling. And it is some of the worst acting you can ever see in your entire life. They're like, Adam, Adam. It was just so fucking bad. It just sounded so unnatural. So Lita's sitting there. Lita's sitting there, and she she's just looking fucking stoned out of her mind like she just got her fucking head bashed in. Um, and then uh, Becky comes up and Trish Stratus come up, and a couple segments... Uh, then I think we went to commercial when we came back. Becky was in Gorilla. And she said, I'm going to defend these titles no matter what uh, in Lita's honor. Um, I'm going to defend the titles in Lita's honor. But uh, I actually think I have a good replacement. Trish Stratus walks up just with this mad look on her face. You could clearly fucking tell. They did not hide this at all. Uh, They did a horrible, (laughs) horrible acting job with this dude. I mean, seriously. Um... Liv and Raquel win the tag team titles 
They win the tag team titles uh, from, I believe, Liv pinned Trish. They win the tag team titles, and after the match, Lita or uh, Becky and Trish are hugging. Becky goes to walk away, and Trish just, like, fucking taps her with her forearm, and Becky just falls down, and that was literally all Trish did. Or, sorry, she she hit her with the, the I think it's called the chick kick. Yeah. Um, and she hit her with the, uh, she, Becky got up after that fucking ferocious forearm. She hit her with the chick kick, and then she just walked away. That was it. And then after that, Byron tried to get a word with her, and she just walked right past him. How how menacing, man! How how Dude. brutal of a heel turn, man! Champa who? Dude, oh my god, was that fucking match and heel turn just some of the sloppiest shit I've ever seen in my entire life? That was so fucking Dude. bad. It was so bad. Like, why is any of this happening, bro? Why is, why is Trish on TV? Why is Lita on TV? Why is any of this shit going on? You know, like, I don't get it, man. I really don't. It just feels like a waste of time to me. It is, man. I mean, we're going to get Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus out of all this, but it's like, dude, if any of that is as sloppy as what we've seen tonight, I don't want to fucking see it. Um... <laughs> What? I don't get it, man. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, just... Yeah, no. Not it. Not it for uh, for me at all. No. It was a horrible watch. It, it, it was... Yes, it was It was a horrible watch. It was, it was genuinely atrocious. It was genuinely <laughs> atrocious, man. And, and like I said... Like I said, man... Um... Just horrible acting, horrible. It was just fucking bad, man. It was just really fucking bad. But, um, next we get Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. Okay. Um, they brought back Bobby's cool entrance. So that was that. I don't know why they would get rid of it, but they, I feel. I don't know. I don't even know if they did get rid of it, to be honest. So I just don't remember the last time I seen it. No, I don't. It's not that they got rid of it. They just, I don't even think they didn't even think to do it recently. I mean, what, what have they even done with Ashley as a whole recently? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Just, I just miss seeing that entrance, man. That shit is heat. Dude, that shit is fucking fire. <clears throat> so him and Bronson Reed put on a really, really fun match, and... This one went when Bobby Lashley, I love watching Bobby Lashley, like watching him get fucking hyped up after he like fucking lifts up Bronson Reed is just fucking sick. So he hits him, he hits him with his little like stomach grabbing choke slam thing. Mm -hmm. He hits him with that. He starts getting fucking fired up. Uh, This was towards the end of the match. He gets him in the hurt lock, which afterwards they played to the fact that Bobby couldn't lock the hurt lock because you know Bronson's a big guy, so so um Bronson as soon as Bobby locks it in, Bronson like fucking falls out of the ring with Bobby on his back. Bobby goes to the outside. These two just start punching each other, and this ends by way of countout. 
I was so scared because if Bronson Reed were to just lose this match to Bobby Lashley, that is the most Vince McMahon thing ever. Exactly, dude. Exactly. I like the way they I like the way they did that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So um this, you know, you know, nor normally normally the fuck the old fuck finish is a little annoying but in this case scenario dude they kind of booked themselves into a corner by booking this match in general um so uh i I fuck with the count out because none of the guys had to take the pin and i hope this was just something to get us by and i hope we don't revisit this because neither of these guys can really afford to lose to be honest no, not at the moment, man. Not at the moment. Definitely, I think they ended up making the right choice there with the ending of that match. Definitely. Definitely, man. So, otherwise, man, it was really fun. It was really good. I love seeing Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley is one of my guys, and Bronson Reed is another one of my guys. So, I like seeing these two uh, just go at it, man. And they put on a really, really enjoyable match here, man. So, I, I, I was messing with this one a lot. It, it was fun for what it was. The countout was a little fast, but like I said, I did not mind the countout victory at all because this match in general was doing a little bit of booking into corners. So, you know, none of these guys can really lose, so I didn't mind it at all. Definitely, man. Definitely. So, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes came out there, man. Cody Rhodes came out there, and he started talking about uh, his WrestleMania failure. He said, I want you guys to blame nobody but me. Being good old Cody, what do you know? He he doesn't want to blame anybody but himself. And he was a little upset with Paul Heyman's wording of... Uh, if he wants to get another championship match, he's going to have to earn it. He uh, he asked uh, as if um, it wasn't from legacy to dashing to undashing to stardust to EVP to uh, he, you know, ran down the whole the whole list. He ran down the whole list. He says as if that is not deserving enough. He says, but if if you want me to earn it, I am going to show you um, I can earn it. He then talked about Brock Lesnar. He said Brock Lesnar from day one looked himself into the mirror and he seen a beast. He seen a predator. (laughs) He said, "But, but he is going to make Brock Lesnar for the very first time in his life look into the mirror and see prey. He called out the beast and it uh, looks like we will be getting Brock's answer next week. Um, Cody did mention the reason he heard on SmackDown was that Brock was upset because his match was on first. And he said he understands. Uh, He said he, he he did say he understood it, but then, like I said, he went on to say that uh, Lesnar Lesnar, uh, he is going to be the first man to make Brock Lesnar wake up and look into the mirror and see prey. And that was that, man. So, 
great promo from Cody Rhodes, man. Always a great promo from Cody Rhodes. Um, and yeah, man, that was that was that. Definitely, man. I liked her a lot. Um, you know, Cody being Cody, mentioning all the stuff, classic Cody stuff. I like it, man. I like what they did there, man, and it makes that match better. It does, man. It does. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. So, next up, we get Alpha Academy versus the Usos. Bruh. I did not expect this to be the banger that it was. Because, boy, oh boy. (laughs) This just was a casual banger on Monday Night Raw. They gave them a good 15... Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say they gave him 20 minutes, but they gave him like a nice 15, 16 minutes. Um, and it was, it was just, a, it was just a really fucking good match, man. It was a really good match. The Usos ended up winning with one D and, and that was it, man. That was it. Hell yeah, man. It's great. I love to see great tag team wrestling on a WWE show, man. Definitely. Get that. That's, that's another thing with the draft. I feel like they're going to I feel like they're going to give I feel like they're going to give uh I feel like in some way they're going to try to separate the titles but I would really like for them to unify the titles and then just kind of see all tag teams across all shows I think so I think that might be the route they should go at this point definitely I, I would really like to see something like that but man it was overall man like I said it was a, it was it was really a fucking banger um next up we get the triple threat match to face Bianca we get Meechin <laughs> Mia Yim versus Piper Niven versus EO Shirai EO Sky um Uh, this one was pretty good. This one was pretty good, man. No complaints out of me, uh, at all from this one. It was pretty good, man. This gave you a little glimpse into the future of what Io Shirai can be to this division on her own. And I think it's the way to go. I think it's the way to go. Io Shirai won with the moonsault onto both of them. Um... They called it something different, though. I think they called it, like, the Moonfall or something like that. We lost her, Kay. We lost her, Kay. Periodically. But, yes, they called it something different. Um, I think they called it, like, the Moonfall or something like that. Yeah, honestly, yeah, Mia Yim, I don't know why they just didn't keep Mia Yim. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I see that Meech, and that's the thing with this Raw Women's Division, I feel like, it's like, they have all these, they have all these, like, they have all these good people on the division, but it's like you fucking never see half of them. Um, Literally, at this but, point. But anyway, um, yes, so EO... Hit the uh, EO hit the EO hit the moon the moon salt and like I said I think I think they were calling it the moonfall um mm-hmm. I That's think interesting which is pretty That's cool indeed. definitely man it's a name change that doesn't sound horrible like ba- usual 
yeah, Bailey looked a, Bailey looked happy, but it, Bailey just had this really bittersweet look on her face during it. And uh, Dakota went in the ring to uh, celebrate with EO, and Bailey just kind of stood outside with like this look on her face where she was like smiling and she was happy, but she also looked a little, it was really just a bittersweet look. She just had this really bittersweet look on her face. Um, so that was that. And EO, uh, EO is going to be challenging Bianca, man. So I'm very excited to see that. Um, not really, because I feel like Bianca is going to win. Uh, and that's just going to be the end of it and it's going to blow. But the match should be good. Definitely, man. Definitely. It's an interesting match, to say the least, man. I'm glad people, women like EO, are getting that shot, man. Thank God. Yes, and it's not just Cookie Cutter, <laughs> Bailey versus Becky versus Asuka. You exactly. Know? Same fucking five people. Yep. That yep. Use. Um, and then in the main event, we got Solo Sokoa versus Liv, uh, Liv Morgan. What the fuck? Oh, shit. So, uh, <laughs> Why? I was like, right, fucking what? <laughs> Solo Sokoa versus Kevin Owens following the attack on Friday, man. Kevin Owens was playing to his knee injuries and Solo. Solo was getting help from the Usos throughout the whole entire match. He ends up hitting Owens with a Samoan spike and he beat Kevin Owens. And after the match, they start uh, beating him down. And all of a sudden, we see Matt Riddle, who I love. It looks like Triple H canceled the match with The Miz. I don't know if it's because The Miz couldn't be there. Nobody wants to fucking see that, and I hope he cancels it. There's absolutely no reason he should have came back against The Miz. Solo Sokoa took him out before he left. It makes sense that he would want to come back and get some vengeance on the bloodline, not go after the fucking Miz. Exactly. That was that was the most dumbest Vince thing in the world. It really was. So Riddle and Zane uh, come running to the ring, and they fend off the bloodline to help Kevin Owens, um, to help Kevin Owens out. So the beatdown didn't continue, man. And that was Monday Night Raw. Like I said, it was... It was a it was a very it was a very good it was a very good edition of Monday Night Raw man it was way better than last week there was also I forgot to mention them two Vince McMahon isms in here uh, Becky Lynch saying Lita has been taken to a local medical facility there was there yeah fucking no thanks and then there was another one I don't know I feel like it was just a Cody slip up though because it's still advertised as backlash and. The commentators yeah. were saying backlash all night, but Cody did say he challenges Brock at WrestleMania backlash. The WrestleMania backlash. <laughs> WrestleMania backlash. You know, Cody, man, he always plays it up, man. So he's probably just, hopefully, it was just Cody being Cody, man. Yeah. Definitely, man, and that was that was the week. That was the week of wrestling, man. That was the week of wrestling. We got a Dynamite after Mania that was leagues better than the Raw after Mania, and then we got the Raw after Raw after Mania. Uh, that was pretty good, man. That was pretty good. Also, the announcement of a draft. Um, so it's gonna be interesting, man. It's gonna be interesting. But um, 
uh yeah that was that was that dude that was that and um yeah that's that's all i got hell yeah man hell yeah it's a great week man great break definitely man definitely and with that that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Sales Podcast, man. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. This has been episode 138 of Notorious Unscripted. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, man. Thank you guys to everybody in the chat, man. Logan, Pops, Durante, everybody um, everybody who's here in the chat, and everybody who's watching on the replay, and, the, and also everybody who will be watching on all platforms, man. So, with that, man, it has been a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure for my Johnny Mayhem. And uh, Sir K. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Notorious Seals Podcast, man. Another great edition of Notorious Unscripted. Please like, comment, and subscribe. And we will see you guys on Friday with the news. Peace.